Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mining Now. It's another episode. It's another guest. It's another featured company. Gaudi Molina is in the studio helping us get through everything. Gaudi, how are you? Good, good, good. Good. Exciting show today. So we we featured um, Samantha Espley um, from Best Tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, was was that last year? Time flies. Was no, it, I think it was this year. Was Just it this like year? Early. Oh no, maybe it was last year. Yeah, I don't even know what year it is. Time, time flies. <laughs> you do enough episodes. Um, so now, now that that they're part of Innovinta's group of company, right? As is Forte. So now we have uh, uh, Trang Tran Vilad on the show, mm-hmm. and she is the president of Forte. So it's going to be like almost like a mini series that we're doing. Quite exciting. That is kind of cool. And and they do. I mean. They're, one of the things that they have is um, they're basically be- becoming the Amazon of the mining world. So, yeah, pretty catchy. <laughs> Before we do that, though, we've got to thank some sponsors. And their company is actually sponsoring. Some of their other companies are sponsoring the episode. So it's yeah, a lot it's of fun today. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's yeah. like a, a blend of things. So take right. it away. So first up, we've got Innovinta. Innovinta Group of Companies is presenting a panel on May 19th from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. The topic is out-of-the-box thinking, um, how IoT technologies enable mine transformation to future-proof operations. Abstract, uh, mining is undergoing a shift towards industry uh, 4.0 and is experiencing new challenges and benefits. As the shift occurs, mines are finding new opportunities to improve production, safety, and cost savings. Technology, uh, sorry, Technological change is here, and early implementation has risks, but waiting has the greater risk of leaving you at a competitive distance advantage. Join them to discuss and prepare for the impacts and benefits of Industry 4.0. Their session will give insight into the opportunities currently available and what is next from top innovation companies in the mining industry. This is free and virtual. Panelists include Trang Tran Vlad, Forte, Glenn Daganes, Daganes. I hope I said that right. I'm glad uh, you're having trouble with a name. Yes. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> Best Tech, Ron Bose, XPS, um, moderator Don Duval from Norcat. Um, more information to come. Check out their social uh, media, uh, media uh, their LinkedIn page for uh, Eventbrite link to register, or you can reach out to Alyssa Sabourin at innovinta.com. That's Alyssa underscore Sabarine at Innovinta.com. Next up, we've got Shift Inc. Forte's valued added retailer, an influential and innovative technology company. Their mission is to distribute, develop, and integrate leading edge solutions that transforms how you work. Shift Inc. delivers established and emerging automation and software products and services that make applications safer, more productive, and more profitable. Visit their website at shiftinc.com for more details about their solutions, including the Admit solution you are hearing about today. Um, moving on, we are also sponsored by Savannah Equipment. Savannah Equipment supplies new and used mining equipment around the world from placer to underground to ore processing plants. They have gold concentrating tables, trommels, and mineral jigs in stock now to take advantage of the high gold prices. You can visit them at savannahequipment.com where you will find more equipment every day. 
And of course, we've got Power Zone equipment. When you need a specialized team of world-class engineers for your oil and gas pipelines, dewatering, or any fluid handling needs, you want to visit powerzone.com. In addition to their inventory of rebuilt pumps, motors, engines, they also have an amazing team to design and engineer your systems, no matter the challenge, no matter the location. Get in the zone with Power Zone. Visit them at powerzone.com. And of course, last but not least, we could not forget CIM 2021 convention and expo is coming to you this May. It will be a virtual event. Um, and so it's never been easier to attend. Get insight from industry leaders like Anglo-Americans Mark Kutafani, Caterpillar's Denise Johnson, Torx Gold's Jody Kuzenko, and many more. Explore mining operations through virtual site tours, find the solutions and the expertise you need with technical talks, Q&A sessions, and of course, the CIM Expo, Canada's mining marketplace. Again, this will be May 3rd to 6th, and you can register today by visiting cim.org. Again, cim.org. So go ahead and register. There we go. I think I did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, I'm way too happy that you struggled with the name, uh, but uh, but yeah, you've been it watching. Happen very I know much. <laughs> you've been watching me for two years fumble around. It's, it's, and so, I, I blame you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rubbing off on you exactly. Um, I just had a meeting with CIM yesterday. Mm -hmm. Their leadership. Um, they've got they've got some heavyweight speakers coming on. Uh, the information I, I I certainly will be learning something or a lot of things. I, I get to sort of be involved in, for the whole four day. Um, so yeah, I'll get to soak in and I should probably have a notebook. <laughs> Trang, welcome to the show. Very excited to have you. Um, you you sort of have an interesting journey because you were actually, you the founding president of Shift as well? I am, I certainly am, yeah. But before I get to that, I did want to say hello and thank you so much for having me. Very excited to be here. Yeah, have you got a chance to do many of these these long forms, this sort of setup? <laughs> Not quite. So uh, I'm a little bit new to this. I'm sure you're going to be nice and gentle with me over the next little while, but uh, I'm excited to have just a chat, a conversation with you. Well, we've had a couple guests that have been, they really went for the jugular on topics lately. So I'm, uh, I, I need to bring down my energy a little bit on, on this. Oh, issue. no. <laughs> no, no, we're It'll be good. fun. You, you're doing something very interesting um, at Forte. So really what our goal is today to, is unpack it, um, help the audience understand it or help me understand it. And that will transfer to the audience. Um, so let's start with your journey, though. I, I do think it's interesting that you started with Shift um, and now you're the president of the founding president of Forte. So did did Forte get started a year or so after Shift did? Well, officially, yes. So uh, if we want to talk about journey, I actually started with the Innovinta group mm. over 17 years ago. Oh. Uh, yes. So uh, I, I grew up in the Ottawa area within Canada. And um, after graduating from university and whatnot and working in uh, the high-tech field in Canada, I, I moved. I relocated to Sudbury for a software development job at Best Tech. And that was, like I said, about 17 years ago. And over time... I, I moved around the organization, helping with product development and project management, man personnel management, and eventually really moved into the role of um, director of their R&D group. So really running their product business unit, if you will, for a good uh, 12 years or so. From there, uh, about uh, two, three years ago, we decided to uh, launch a company called Shift Inc which I then spearheaded and uh, led that initiative and was the founding president for that company where we really moved all of our product development under the best tech umbrella 
put it into a focus company where we can then look at uh, moving those uh, products out to the global market with a concerted effort. And through that, we also started up a company called Forte, uh, which I officially now moved all of my energy 100% focus into this business so that we can build this Amazon-like distribution model for mining. Yeah, so it's been quite a journey with the, the Innovinta group, if you will. Yeah, it's it's fascinating what they're doing, and I you know, and I think it'll be important because this is the second episode, and I wanted to clarify, what mm. is, uh, why the need to separate the uh, these companies? I, I'm not talking about like from a tax perspective or something like that, but <laughs> no, just for like a branding, like a branding perspective. Why was it important to separate out all these streams? Because there's a there's a through line of into of Innovinta of that mining 4.0 um but then these these separate streams so what how did and because you've been with the company a long time i would think you'd have Mm. some insight into why that was necessary to separate that out uh sure so like i said uh and i don't know if this was covered before in the previous session with samantha esprit uh the best brand the best company has been around for 26 years plus right so there's a long rich history there where uh, they've provided quality award-winning engineering services for the mining industry. Um, and over that time, we also did product development, right? Like I said that earlier. Uh, about a few years ago, we grew to a certain point where our company was large enough. We did so much that it could become a little bit confusing to those who, who looked at our organization to understand truly what it is that we can offer. Because the breadth of the services and products that we offer was just that wide, that varied. Um, so the decision was made to then uh, break out or at least uh, set up an additional company with a focus effort so that we can really take a look at having uh, uh, strategic growth. We're really looking at focused attention in product development while also growing the engineering side. So it's really more of a, an effort to be able to clarify the message to our partners, to our clients as to what each company provides the value that we can uh, generate for them and also allowing us to focus our energy, like I said earlier, into that growth aspect. Was it a big shift because you've been working on the R and D side? Um, was it a big shift for you to then be in this, uh, this, I mean, not just a leadership role, but a major leadership role oh. and then going from one to another. And like, even though you'd worked in the R and D uh, what was that like doing that shift? Actually, no, it was quite a, a natural progression, to be honest, because as I, I had my uh, years where I had my sleeves rolled up and getting in there doing the coding and doing the quality assurance verification, whatnot, I also spent many years just doing the, the business management aspect, right? Um, so this was just that next step. It was really combining all of my uh, technical skills along with my business management experience and uh, putting that together to, to generate these startup companies. So it's been an exciting time. It's been a really fun two years, lots of learning, lots of new contacts, and uh, we're doing fantastic and the future's really bright. So yeah, it's, forward a, ahead. It's, it's very exciting. Um, let's talk yeah. about what Forte does. Um, just try to give that outline and we're going to, you know, I, yeah. and I've said it so many times in the show, I don't pretend to be the expert. I'm just trying <laughs> to unpack so that the audience can understand. I think sometimes they're probably going, <laughs> we could get a little more technical than I can even ask. But can you give us that snapshot of who Forte is, what they're doing in their stream? 
I, I certainly can, yes. So for, in a nutshell, for global mining companies who are really looking for ways to improve their inventory management, improve their security and safety, or even increasing production output, right? Um, Forte is there. Forte is a technology manufacturer that's there to support them through that, to help them meet or exceed their production targets uh, through the automation of supply chain. And we do that with our technology called Admit, okay, which we'll talk about a little bit later in a little more detail. Um, generally speaking, though, when we look at uh, the industry and um, where we stand today with technology trends, with the thirst for that digitization, we really feel that the industry is, has been waiting. They're ready for that step change in performance, right? Ready for that mind transformation moment. Um, and with that, we believe that with our MIT technology, with our MIT platform, that we can deliver that for our clients. We can really help them meet that watershed moment. This, we had a, a safety uh, show a little while ago and really what helped to sort of set up with what you're de- they were delivering was setting up um, what it's, how it's done now. And I think that would be mm. a, a helpful thing here. So can you paint a picture for what, what the standard procedure would be mm. and then where and then we can use uh when we can see show how forte is filling that gap yeah certainly um so when we take a look at supply chain right and we're talking about inbound supply chains so that process today is um perhaps very manual so when you take a look at at the beginning of the process where you are doing your planning so whether that be mine planning uh capital project maintenance planning all of those types of activities generate some sort of item requirements, some sort of bill of materials, right? And those items now are transferred to your enterprise resource planning tools through an ERP system um, with uh, ma- through manual work, right? It's data entry. These systems don't necessarily connect automatically. Uh, there could be multiple versions of the same data. It's just not efficient, right? And it leaves a lot of room for potential errors. Now, once the materials actually make its way into your ERP, you then need to source and procure, right? And the materials make their way from the vendor to the potentially a surface warehouse, to a central surface warehouse, to the mine site, and eventually to the the work location, whether that be within the open pit operations or underground in the the mines themselves. Through this whole process though, Jared, Again, there, there's very little visibility. Uh, we don't always necessarily know what materials we have, where are they, what's truly being consumed as opposed to what's uh, assumed to be consumed. And uh, with that, you, you have a lot of room, you have a lot of uh, inefficiency in that uh, you have a lot of inventory carrying costs, you have shadow inventory, so inventory you don't quite know that you have. You spend a lot of time searching for materials, um, overall, right? There, there's a lot of reasons why we're not necessarily meeting our production targets. And I think the key is meeting it consistently, right? Consistency is key to performance. So, um, and I know we, we'll get into it, but I, I mm-hmm. is this, I've worked, I worked in an equipment yard. That's essentially my, my background when it comes to mining. So I've worked and it's just, thousands of pieces of equipment, especially in the used sort of business, it's just everywhere. So um, is this something, is there a big advantage is if somebody uses your system just when, before they even start, that must be a huge advantage. Is it difficult to do it 
after they're already halfway through and they've got all their inventory? Or can you play in both uh, fields? We can certainly play in both fields, both greenfield sites, brownfield sites. There's an opportunity to retrofit, to add on our components to help with that visibility, help with that inventory management. Mm. Uh, however, for brand new sites, greenfields, where we're just starting off, why not? Why not take a look at right away in your design process? How can we truly transform the way we mine? How can we change the way the process around mining? Do we need all of these fixed underground warehousing? Or is there an opportunity to save costs by removing those fixed underground warehousing and making use of our mobile inventory management solutions, right? Which is essentially moving warehouses, getting your materials where you need it, closer to where you're going to consume it in a just-in-time manner. Right. Yeah, because right now, I mean, yeah, you, there's the, these, uh, these operations, they need to build storage facilities specifically for that. And I mean, something, and I've been, to, I've been to the facilities, I mean, things will sit there for, I mean, sometimes 20 years, right? I mean, it can just, it just sits there. Um, and you're trying to eliminate, is that one of the things you're trying to eliminate? That's part of the story. Yes, for sure. You have, uh, that, that's part of that waste, right, Jared? Yeah. The material's just sitting there. Maybe you've forgotten about them. Uh, perhaps they, they are there and you just don't know, perhaps you're using something, but it's not being recorded properly. So you think it's there, but it's actually already consumed. Uh, there's just a lot that, uh, that, that requires, that, that, that requires visibility for you to have better data, better understanding of your process and your material consumption profile in. Well, certainly. So any, yeah, anybody who uh, manage, has managed any sort of inventory knows the problem that you're, mm -hmm. <laughs> you're, you're tackling because mm -hmm. um, we've, we've all dealt with the problem. So yes. let's talk about Admit. Um, it's, it's fully commercialized right now. It, it's, I, as we're talking about it, someone can go online onto Forte's website and engage with your company and just to, to start using the product. Is that right? That is part of this. Yeah, that is partially right in that we do have products available today that is um, part of our admit platform. So around the mobile inventory management piece, the ability to secure and track and um, control and have inventory management, that is there. We also are currently working on uh, the dependable delivery piece. So we're, we're working with some partners to put together or to design autonomous vehicles or other uh, delivery mechanisms so that these smart cubes, so that these mobile inventory management solutions can deliver the materials closer to where you, you will actually consume them in a dependable fashion. Um, and you mentioned our website. Uh, certainly, I want to encourage anyone listening who's interested in more information or taking a look at how it would integrate with their operation to visit our website. We'd love to have a conversation with you. Um, but we also have Shift Inc., who is our value-added reseller. So. I would also uh, welcome you or invite you to visit their website at shifting.com and uh, talk through their representatives to be able to get you some assistance there. Because there is a cross collaboration, even though they're separate companies, there's a lot of collaboration between the organizations. Most definitely. Yeah. yeah. And that's part of the key, key value that we can provide to our customers and to our partners is although we are different entities, uh, we are part of the innovative group. So the ability to leverage one another's skill sets, the ability to really provide that one-stop shop and give a, a wholesome, if you will, a whole uh, service offering if required. When you come on, when you were talking to people, um, you know, at an event or is it, is it hard to communicate because the, the technology is there? Like, 
like what what you you say about Amazon, so we can use their name. Um, yeah, Amazon's system is unbelievable, but explaining their system is can be unbelievably difficult. <laughs> yeah. So, how do you approach that? Like I know, like I see here with admit it. It says on your website, uh, it's uh, is an integrated system. Admit is an integrated system of software and hardware. To optimize the delivery and storage of materials and inventory, so that you've got a software and a hardware component. Now, yes. I, I literally have pictures of people in my head that I would be trying to explain this to after this interview, and I would see their eyes glaze over. Like I can actually yes. see that I know who I'd be talking to. Yes. How do you how do you explain it to people? Because it's a huge value add. I mean, there is no doubt about that. Anybody who's worked with Amazon knows it. But you still have to have that communication component. How do you approach that? Yeah, that's a that's an excellent question, Jared. And um, we we come across that quite a bit. And it comes down to this, and I think you've touched on it already. Most of us, if not all of us, have had some form of experience interaction with Amazon, right? And more often than not, it's a positive experience. Mm -hmm. When we think of Amazon, we think of um, an ability to order materials or order our, our, our products easily, right? Through mobile applications or on our computers. We know that when we order, that the materials are going to arrive to us on the day that they say it will. So when it says it should arrive between these two days or in two days, we, we're pretty confident that that's going to happen, correct? And while it's in that journey, we know that we can check the app, we can track it, we know that it's left the fulfillment center or that it is uh, in Toronto on its way to Sudbury, which is where I am, or uh, if it hasn't even been fulfilled yet. Right. So we can kind of get visibility into that, that process, right? So that whole experience and that, that um, those three components I just talked about is exactly what we're trying or not even trying, what we are building, uh, emulating with admit. So in that admit system, think of it that way. We have software and hardware that allows you to, A, know when you have material requirements. You can easily order that through mobile tablets, cell phones, computers. Uh, everything is taken care of in the back end through our admit server. We know that the material or what you've ordered is going to arrive to you in the day that it says it would. We can track it along its way. We have the capability to overlay that on a Google map almost, and you can see the pathway. You can see exactly where your materials are at. And the nice part is that as you're using the materials, as you pull materials in and out of these uh, containers, these smart cubes, we then update the system, the central system automatically. So we know we have true understanding as to what material you have, what's your inventory level, where it is, and we can control who has access to it. Mm. And the and the last part, if I will, is the, de the de dependable delivery again. And that's where you have the autonomous delivery part, right? Knowing that we can now deliver these materials to the mine face, to the underground warehouse or wherever it is that it's, it's destined to go. And it's going to arrive when it says it should. Right. It's, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty amazing. And I, I'm, I'm sure this discussion has happened. It seems to me that another major gap that it'll fill um, is uh, is um change in in uh in people that are working for these companies that move around i'm just like yourself you've worked for a company for 17 mm. years but multiple positions and somebody new comes in especially if it's an outside hire 
um, and they have to learn this whole system. This must mm -hmm. tackle that challenge in a huge way because it, the idea is that the supply, other suppliers will be able to operate through your system as well. Is that the ultimate goal? Correct, yes. So, I mean, when we talk about ultimate goal, we're, we're looking years ahead, right? Yeah. But certainly we have an opportunity here. And in one of our use cases that we can talk a little bit about later, we are tracking materials. Uh, the materials are being uh, put into these smart cubes direct from the vendor site, direct from the factory, essentially. Right. And having that moved on public roadways over distances to the mine site or to the operation and eventually into the underground uh, locations, right? So we're really taking a look at a comprehensive picture where you're going from factory to faith, right? Where are your materials along that whole supply chain? Where is it? Control it and have that fed into your ERP system so you have that master truth, that real-time data and understanding of your inventory. Yeah, it's unbelievable because, and, and going back to what I was saying is that the now, if, if that system is is integrated uh, correctly into an operation now if i step into that role mm -hmm. and i'm new to it i i have all that information just literally at my fingertips um, correct okay trang i we we've walked through we sort of looked at it you know you've mentioned the cubes we talked about the technology um, can you just talk talk us through the inventory management so sort of paint a picture maybe pick a product that would uh, that would ultimately needs to go to the mine site on time um, when inventory is low. However, you want to approach that. But could you sort of walk us through that inventory management um, system? Yes, I can. Um, before we go into that, and you mentioned the cubes, I did want to take an opportunity to roll that back a little bit because what's really making that cube, that smart cube, special is something that we call a smart module. Mm. Okay. And the smart module is our uh, proprietary technology. It is an IoT edge device, the size of your cell phone, essentially, a little thicker, but the size of a cell phone that you can bolt on to either a smart cube, like what I, we can provide you, a purpose-built container, essentially, or you can put the smart module onto any existing containers that you may have. It could be a parts cage, it could be a C-can, it could be anything within your operations where you're storing materials already, um, but you want to turn it into an intelligent component, right? You now want to be able to know what's in it at all times. You want to be able to track it at all times. That's what these smart modules can do for you. So if we then go to uh, an example, stepping through a process, right? Uh, so one of, our, one of our customers, they are a, a constructor. Uh, so what they, they need to do is be able to uh, develop a mine for a mining operation. They have to bring in bolts, sheets, et cetera. And they go to a uh, supplier that is in Sudbury about, I would say, 50 kilometers away from the mine to pick up supplies. Okay? So what they do is they go to this, this supplier with their existing parts cages that's been equipped with a smart module. They arrive to the vendor site, the vendor loads the materials into the queue. They then go onto the tablet that's available to them to say, yeah, I've received this order. It's now connected to the ERP system, let's say, their ERP system to say that uh, everything's been received. The materials then is put into the queue and they travel around their route to pick up other materials and make its way to the mine site. 
through that travel way, we now have a mechanism to know that A, we have the materials on hand, B, we know where it is throughout the city as it's traveling. And when it arrives to site, we know now that it's made its way to the mine operations. It's almost like a, um, a waypoint, if you will, right? It's a milestone. We've made it to that gate. Right. When it makes its way to the mining operations, depending on the communication systems that's available, whether that's Wi-Fi or whatever that's there, it then jumps onto that network. So now we now have the capability to track the materials as it moves around the mine, potentially into the underground mine itself, right? So when you're looking at the system, you define different um, uh, not markers. Can we call them markers? It could be that you're at the mine site, then you're at the shaft station, then you're at this level, and then you're at this storage facility, something like that. You can mark those things, create these zones, if you will. And as the materials are moving around your site, you can then have the ability to know which zone it's in so that you know the location of the, of the parts cage or the job box, right? Right. Now, if I was a, a worker, a constructor, a miner who's looking to get the materials out of these cubes, I then would come up again. I have a mobile device, whether that's a tablet, that could be a cell phone. And where those are not available, also, Jared, we could put something fixed in the location or right on board the containers themselves, where you're interacting with it. You specify who you are. That way we know exactly, we can have that audit trail, right? To understand who's consuming what. Uh, and then as materials are taken in and out, we also have that record, right? So that's yeah. how that information is then really feeding back to your overall uh, database. The, uh, the other thing that came to my mind is um, when you're in that type of system, like even uh, deploying, um, deploying workers to go and, okay, this thing is now arriving at this time. So now you're powering up vehicles, moving stuff around, mobilizing all the stuff that you need to go, going through safety checks. Now that is done. Now that can be transferred to being updated in real time. So if you're managing that project, you're not, I mean, I've, I've done it. I've sat there on a forklift waiting for a half hour because something's a little bit behind and I could have been doing something else or finished the last project I was doing. So that, and I think that's a nice, this is a nice time to talk about corporate objectives because there's several key things um, and again, we've kind of touched on them as we walked, but I think we should make sure that they're actually stated uh, clearly because there's several corporate objectives that really uh, Forte is, is hitting it right on, the, right on the head for. Yes, certainly. I mean, the biggest uh, corporate objectives or business driver is always to meet production targets, right? Where it's a revenue generation thing. And I, I used the term earlier when I explained um, uh, that we're not only looking at meeting production targets, we're looking to meet or exceed. And the key word here is consistently, right? So it's not to say that mining operations can't hit the production targets. They certainly do. A lot of a lot are finding it challenging nowadays, but that said, it, it's doable. But where the holy grail is to do it consistently. And with that, uh, where we help is really gaining that visibility again from factory to face. Uh, and having that dependable and secure delivery of the materials. Um, so one, for example, uh, topic that comes up often is short interval control, right? How do we tighten our planning so that we know exactly what we need to do? Uh, planning not so much monthly or weekly, but can we even get it to days or what's happening within the next week? You can plan all you want, Jared, but nothing's gonna happen if you can't ensure that materials are delivered in time so that you can execute that plan, correct? Right. 
Um, so this is where they can help with a, a trend like that so that you can consistently be productive so that you can hit your targets. Now, where our vision with the, uh, once the autonomous vehicles come in and we have that dependable delivery, imagine now there's hours in the day where there's no one underground or no one in your operations because it's, we just uh, blasted or it's a shift change, right? So we can actually take advantage of those windows, move material so that when the workers arrive at their work location, they arrive at the phase, the material's already there, right? There, it's there for them to do their job. So we're not spending time going to retrieve materials. We're not spending time throughout the day to even uh, get more or looking for equipment and materials. Imagine all of that turned into productive time. Mm. Yeah, so that's what we're chasing and that's the business driver really. The second one, it's, it's never as important as um, actually revenue generation and meeting production targets, but it is still very important is the reduction of costs. So reducing costs by way of eliminating that shadow inventory, right? Being able to truly understand what you have, uh, reducing that inventory carrying costs, because if we know what we have, we wouldn't overorder. We wouldn't order things that we already have in the yard and have it sit there and have that carrying cost. And thirdly, uh, minimizing material losses as a whole, right? Uh, without that tracking, things can get forgotten. They can get lost. Um, many reasons why there, there would be material losses in the mine, and we can certainly help to reduce that cost. Yeah, I, um, I'm when I was saying when you were talking through that, I was thinking um, if I was an inventory manager or a purchasing manager, because right now we're filming this, um, we're filming this in March. I'd be trying to get this, uh, I'd be trying to get this implemented by about September, October, right, right before year-end bonuses start coming out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the motivators, right? The motivators. Hey, it is a motivator. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think. Uh, what did Jack Welsh say? Uh, reward, reward them in the soul and in the wallet. Um, <laughs> uh, so, use cases. You you've got this commercialized. It's out. Um, can you talk through uh, one or two use cases to sort of paint that picture? And then after that, I'd, I'd love to jump over to some partners because there's a lot of. It takes a lot to uh, to develop a system like this. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and multiple industries, um, you know, technology and mining and, uh, you know, universities. So, uh, but just, yeah. can you just quickly touch on some use cases? Like, uh, I, I've seen some images about explosives and things like that. So sure. can you sort of yeah. paint us that picture and then we'll move into that partnership section? Yeah, certainly. If we, if we looked at the explosives management as a whole, right, for mining, um, a lot of mining companies are, are making progress and moving to, to make them, uh, to implement solutions to help them have a more safe, uh, to have more safety around the whole process. Um, but in many also, what happens is explosive materials are delivered to site and they're often in wooden crate boxes and they're left in magazines underground that aren't always secured, right? They're not always gated or they have locks on them. And um, really it's a trust system, which has, which has worked for, for decades for us. That said, just because something worked doesn't mean there isn't an opportunity to improve on our safety, health and safety, and improve on our protocols. So as such, um, what we can do with our smart cube technology or our smart module, we worked with a partner in the last uh, year where we took the smart module and put it onto a smart cube that was purpose-built for explosives management. Mm. So it had on board, um, of course, all the smart tech 
capability that I mentioned earlier, the intelligent capability of securing and tracking, but it also had anti-sparking uh, liners. It had additional instrumentation so you can monitor the temperature within, it can monitor acceleration so that if there was an impact of some sort to the materials, we would know about that uh, and so on. And with these smart, uh, these explosive smart cubes, they would be loaded, uh, the idea is they would be loaded from the vendor again, from the factory, have the explosives transported to the site, stored within the smart uh, cube, and then moved to the underground warehousing or wherever they need to be stored uh, so that um, we can have better control, right, over access to risk materials like explosives. Um, now, again, uh, because of the security and the, the trackability on that, we know where things are at, and as things are taken in and out, we now have a digital electronic audit of who is accessing the materials, only because it is a, a, a safety concern. We want to certainly understand who is accessing and using the materials. Now, that's just one start, Jared, where you can have the smart cube sitting inside a powder magazine, let's say, an existing fixed infrastructure like a powder magazine. Uh, and have your material stored within the cubes for control. But the next step, if we wanna talk about mind transformation and how do we change again, right? How do we take that next level uh, approach is really why spend money uh, making these fixed powder magazines or making these fixed underground warehousing? Why not use these smart cubes so that you have your explosives, again, the explosives application um, stored closer I mean, there, there's regulations as to how close you can get, but closer to where you're actually going to use that product, making use of existing cutouts, uh, making use of, of natural formations in the rock where you can just put these cubes, right? It, it's, again, a mobile inventory management solution for allowing you to, your materials to move with you as you progress and develop your mind. When, when you're explaining that to people um, within the industry, and I, I know your company is very active, so um, is that, is it? Going back to my earlier question about, you know, having to sort of outline to people, mm -hmm. is it pretty well received? Like, as soon as you say that to me, what what I hear is that's a that's a big opportunity, because if I can avoid okay. machines driving 100 yards, even, I mean, that's it's it's a huge value because it's not just the machine. It's the manpower to do it. It's the time. It's administering it. It is all the stuff that goes into it. Um is it quite, is there a lot of excitement when you sort of get that chance to outline it? There, there certainly is, Jared. And that's, it, it, it's almost a perfect segue, if you will, to that ecosystem, that a partner ecosystem uh, topic that you wanted to cover. Because it's through these conversations with industry representatives and technology partners, and they're, they're, they see, they understand the benefits, the potential, the value that this can bring, that they want to join the ecosystem so that they can partake in it, right? That they can be part of that conversation, part of that design, part of that uh, product testing and rollout. So uh, certainly the, the reception has been very positive. In fact, if you want a story, um, we, we thought of this at MIT Solution over, over two decades ago. It's not a new problem. The problem has existed with mining for, for a very long time. And uh, the, the co-founders of Vestech uh, through some engineering work and some study work, identified this admit solution as being a, a possible solution. And even then, when they went to speak with uh, mining executives, everyone agreed that, yes, there is a need for this type of solution. Yes, we want it. We want to see this happen. 
but two decades ago, enabling technologies like uh, 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 wireless communications, having that 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 tracking capability, autonomous vehicles, dependable delivery, like that just seemed a little too far fetched. Like the industry wasn't ready. If I want to put it in a softer term, they just weren't quite ready uh, back then. So we've been quietly working on that uh, on our end and monitoring the the trends in the industry. And within the last, uh, I would say, a good five years or so, that's all everyone talks about. Right? When you go to mining conferences, when you go to any workshop, technical workshop, you'll see uh, big data, artificial intelligence, uh, um, autonomous vehicles, battery electric. Those are all trends and wireless comms and whatnot. It's just so commonplace now. Everyone's thinking about it that we felt that now is the time. The future is now, and the industry is ready for a solution like Admit. Yeah, and I think 2020, that must have sparked a whole new interest because this uh, need for autonomous operations and streamlined communication has never been greater. So that must have opened up a lot of doors. Most definitely, yes. Um, let's talk a little bit about the, the partners, Trang, because, um, you know, it's technology funding, academic industry. Um, it's, you know, little show like ours, we have a couple partners. Um, and so we, you can't even do what we do without working a lot of collaboration, um, with what you're doing. It's a whole other level. So let's talk about the technology side first. Um, you know, how do you, how do you even go about putting that, the, 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 all these partners together, do they work independently of each other just as you need a specific uh, gap filled or do you actually have to start, a, is, it a, is it a broad collaboration? Uh, it, it's a mix for sure. So we started our ecosystem, building our partner ecosystem um, two years ago or so. And it comes from, uh, the idea came from our experience over the years in building technology and commercializing technologies under the best tech umbrella, right? Under the best tech brand. In that we, to build, to, to achieve great things, we need to work together. We have to collaborate. And we're not here to uh, throw out some widgets or do some small work. We're here to truly transform the industry. And to do that, we need support, right? We need support from technology partners. We need support from uh, academia as well as industry. Right? At the end of the day, these solutions are there to help our operators, to help our industry. So they, they are an important part uh, of our ecosystem and a key member of that conversation. Now, from a technology perspective, we took a look at uh, our overall platform to see uh, what we can provide as part of our core expertise and services and where we can uh, find others who have existing technology, whether that be for mining or in other sectors have been proven uh, so that they can uh, integrate both on their tech to our platform. Uh, so as such, our technology partners, like I, I, we've mentioned Amazon a few times during this conversation, uh, certainly we, we, we respect them and we want to emulate what they, they have built uh, for mining and as such, we reach out to them. Uh, so we work with Amazon Web Services as a partner. Uh, they meet with our team every uh, few months where we go through design concepts together. They provide technical expertise. They provide tools uh, to help us uh, incorporate into our platform. Uh, we work with partners like uh, Provectus Robotics. They are a, uh, a, a company based out of Ottawa. 
where they have uh, autonomous software that's been proven in military around the world, right? Defense. So if you want to talk about robust and, and strict measures, I think defense is one of the strictest you can get. So the fact that uh, they're working with us right now brings us uh, a lot of uh, confidence mm -hmm. in our ability to deliver an autonomous uh, vehicle to, to uh, move our smart cubes and smart modules, right? Uh, Nokia, if you want to talk about trackability and, um, and communication, Nokia is, is certainly a very strong brand and well-recognized. Uh, they recently joined our team and we're, we're really excited to have them on board because when you talk about LTE and private LTE and uh, networking, who else? Who else is going to provide us that type of uh, that credibility and, and skill set like the Nokia team? So the technology, like I said, is really companies who have proven themselves, who have that brand, who have existing tech that we can incorporate into ours. And we do work with each one of them uh, independently where the scope is required. But we do also meet as a whole, as a collective, uh, at least uh, at a certain frequency throughout the year so that we are talking about the overall platform and how do we proceed from here. Now on the yeah. other, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh... No, I, I think I jumped the gun on you a little bit. I was just going to ask a quick question. Is that these, because um, I see another funding stream, um, you know, and there's a big list of companies, so it'd probably take us a while if we went through all of them. I, I thought that technology was a really important part to unpack. But, you know, the funding academic, you know, I, I see uh, Cambrian College on here. We've had talks mm -hmm. with them. Um, I mean, they're just, they're involved in so much stuff with research. Um, you know, cementation, they've come on our show, NORCAT. I mean, there's some, you know, these are, these are industry. Now on the industry side of these organizations that have actually taken on uh, your product lines? Yeah, so that's the idea. With the industry partners, they've, they're there, at the end of the day, they are the end consumer. Right? Yeah. They're the ones who are going to use the product. Um, so there's nothing worse. I say this all the time with, to my team. There's nothing worse than putting out a product to a client and saying, you need this. Nobody wants to be told what they need. <laughs> what we want to do is work with those industry partners to identify what are the needs, what are the gaps, and let's put together some solutions to help address those gaps, right? So we've been uh, sitting with these industry partners like uh, uh, Glencore Sudbury INO, Sudbury Integrated Nickel Operation Story, um, Cementation as well, where we, we sit down, we take a look at their process, we examine their supply chain process, we take a look at where are the gaps again, and how do we how do we apply admit to help them uh, increase their efficiency, right? And improve that process, that supply chain process for them. Um, so these industry partners participate in design, they participate in proof of concepts, uh, in product demonstrations, and at the end of the day, they're there because there is uh, a desire to be able to incorporate admit into their operation. You, uh, I, I'm going to throw this idea now. It's live, um, uh, but <laughs> that's okay. Um, at some point, we need to do a a panel with your company and then a couple of these other streams. You know, your technology, the industry, yeah. and actually do a panel and show how these gaps are being filled. Um, we're doing one of those. Um, we'll start promoting it, so I'm not going to say who now. Uh, we're doing something very similar, so keep an eye on that because that could be a very, very interesting thing to actually get practical step-by-step step of each company's perspective yeah. who's involved in, in what you're doing. On the yeah, funding side, I was just going to ask, Trang, um, is this, are you a company 
someone like myself, I come on and I, I, I listen to this episode and I want to be a part of it. Um, I just saw the funding stream. Are you, are you able to invest in your company? Uh, is it that kind of thing or is it in full operation? Yeah, you certainly, we, we are always looking for investors. Um, so Forte is its own entity separate from uh, Best Tech and Shift Roster and whatnot. Okay. Uh, we are right now actually active in our third round of financing. Uh, so we, we look to angels, VCs who are interested, who believe in our vision and what we're building here for mining. Um, we leverage or we try to apply as much as we can to government funds that are there to, to support our R&D work. Uh, but as I said, where our goal is to be a global player, right? To yeah. really help mining transform. And with that, it requires uh, big money. So certainly we would love to entertain and, and speak to whoever who's listening to this podcast who might be interested in getting more information to be able to uh, potentially join us on that journey. Yeah, well, I, I think there will be some interest in it because, um, you know, and I, I just wanted to clarify that because it's it's one of those things you, you hear it. I mean, we've had a lot of people that it's not, you, you can't invest in it. You, you hear our, our show. Mm. Um, and it's just, you know, it's giving them a call if you want their service. So it's kind of interesting from another perspective. And I know people do because <laughs> I phoned one of our first guests. I phoned someone to get them on the show and they had invested yeah. because they'd heard a company that we'd had on. I'm still not oh. sure if that was a good investment, though. Um, <laughs> the, um, Ours will so, be good. Don't you worry. Ours will be good. Yes. And that's that's why I'm not. I, I've done enough research. <laughs> I'm not afraid to bring it up. Um, that one, I probably jumped the gun on a little bit. <laughs> the. Um, Okay, um, I wanted to, are there any, I, I heard Gowdy uh, on the live ad read, um, there's some events, there is a panel coming up. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have a couple things you want to sort of, as we wrap up the interview, just sort of touch on, let the audience know where to go, what to follow, that sort of thing? Yeah, certainly. Um, that's right. Gowdy did mention we do have, the Innovinter group uh, does have a panel that's coming out in, uh, in May, May 19th, sorry. Uh, where it, the title is Out of the Box Thinking, How IoT Technologies Enable Mind Transformation to Future-Proof Operations, right? And with that, we do have, as you, you kind of gently suggested earlier, a, a panel discussion where we bring in some of our partners so that we can take a look at the different parts of that, that process and the value and what IoT as a whole can do, right, um, for the mining industry. So that's going to be a really exciting talk, and it's after uh, the CIM convention. Yes. So um, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll have an opportunity to, to gain and collect more knowledge even through that convention and uh, throw that, that, that bit into the exciting conversation on May 19th. Um, and uh, I would also, I guess as a wrap up, invite anyone who, who wants to learn more about what we're doing in our products, please visit uh, Shifting, our value added reseller at uh, www.shiftinc.com. And um, as a final, really, we're, we're always looking to grow our ecosystem, right, with um, more tech. If you, if you as a listener are, are hearing our story and seeing yourself as having a solution that could complement, that could um, potentially be incorporated into our platform, please do reach out. We're very open to that collaboration opportunity. And if you're on the other side as a, an industry and an operator, we're really looking for uh, companies who are forward thinking, um, who, who really are looking to future proof their operations, right? So that they can remain competitive 
going forward. It, it's a it's a doggy dog world out there, and you want to be at the top. You need to take a look at how you can stay competitive on that side and demonstrate your leadership in the form of technology adoption. So if, if that's you, we'd love to have that conversation with you. Well, I hope you get to have some of these conversations from from during this show. Um, it's it's good to have you know Innovinta. Um, I mean, essentially supporting our show through sponsorship, having multiple episodes representing their different brands. Hopefully we do get to do a panel at some times. I think it would be, uh, it would be a lot of fun. Trank, thank you for coming on the show. Really do appreciate it. Um, I know you're probably going to be involved with CIM. I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm saying what I've been saying, Gaudi, that I think if, if people are my face now, <laughs> by the end of CIM, they you will be will done be. with me. I think we'll need to have a, <laughs> I'll take you take a sabbatical. <laughs> Thank you Looking very much forward. on the show. Um, yeah, we'll, you know, we're going to be in touch. We're going to be sharing this out. I think there's going to be a lot of interest um, in what you're doing because it is really great stuff. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, Gaudi. I love Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> and you love mining. So this is like two <laughs> this together. Is, this is like a dream scenario. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you, I brought up that story once to someone and they're like, I don't like Amazon. I'm like, what? <laughs> and they're like, oh, they're, it's, Amazon is terrible for my wallet. I'm like, oh, okay. That <laughs> I can't agree. I can't well, help you with that. You're, you're the absolute actual reverse, though, because it's from a commercial standpoint. So uh, I think, yeah, it's even better than Amazon. Yeah. Um, Gaudi, where can people follow, like, comment, share on us, suggest guests? We yes. have been getting some fantastic. We used to be that almost every all of our guests were like we reach out to them. I think over half of them now are people bringing guests to us and that. Mm -hmm. So where can people go to follow, like, comment, um, and suggest? Um, suggest. Yes. First up, subscribe to our YouTube channel as we've got two episodes a week on there and growing. So don't forget, go onto our YouTube channel, Crownsman Partners, and subscribe. Um, next up, if you want to be part of the show. Mining any uh, mining now, Crownsman Energy or the Crownsman Show. Contact us info at crownsman.com. You can also contact us if you'd like to um, sponsor or recommend someone, suggest someone to be on the show as well. Uh, so, again, info at crownsman.com. Okay. Thank you very much, Gowdy. Thank you, Trank, for coming on the show. Thank you, Forte, for sponsoring and Innovinta. And was it Shift was the other sponsor? Shift Inc., yeah. Shift Inc. Um, and yeah, we will see you on the next episode of Mining Now. Make sure to check out CIM. Yeah. They, the amount of knowledge they're going to be sharing is staggering, to say the least. See you on the next episode.